Consider this, 100% of owners will leave their business one day, but few are prepared. Are you? Don't worry, you're in the right place with this podcast, Succession Stories. Host Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guides you from transition to transaction, from building value in your business to letting go. Lori is a business transition and M&A advisor, specializing in growth, acquisitions, and selling owner-led companies. She's also the author of the Business Transition Handbook. Get your copy and learn how to avoid succession pitfalls and create valuable exit options. Sign up for a business transition newsletter at successionstories.com. Show us the love by subscribing to the show and posting a review. We appreciate you. Now, here's this week's Succession Stories with Lori Barkman. David Newman is the author of the best-selling book, Do It Marketing, and a new book, Do It Selling. He's the founder of the Do It MBA Mentoring Program and host of The Selling Show, a top-rated business podcast. I invited David to a conversation to get his take on how business owners can avoid a common succession pitfall related to sales. It's called the Rainmaker's Dilemma and happens when the owner of the business drives the sales process and most of the revenue. The risk is that if the owner isn't there, the business is likely to flatline or decline. To dive deeper on this topic, I've also included a link to an ebook about the Rainmaker's Dilemma and what to do about it in the show notes as an additional resource for you. Enjoy this Succession Stories episode about avoiding sales succession pitfalls with David Newman. David Newman, what a pleasure it is to have you on Succession Stories today. You had invited me to a conversation on your show, The Selling Show, and it was so much fun. And it's my honor to have you here. It is a pleasure to join Barkman Newman Associates. <laughs> Seems like we've seen each other a lot lately, even though we're on the other side of the state of Pennsylvania. I will not hold that against you, I promise. Ditto. Ditto right here. <laughs> All right. We'll just pick on each other once football season starts. Oh, uh, here we go. Uh, here, uh, it comes. here we go. <laughs> just saying, Sixburg, you know. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about selling. How did you get into sales? Were you born with this natural talent or is it because of your background in theater? Well, whatever the 180 degree opposite of natural salesperson is, that was me. So I started this business in 2002 after a 10-year corporate career, ridiculously thinking, well, I know how to consult because I worked for big consulting firms. I know how to consult. I know how to coach. I know how to train and do workshops. How hard can it be? And of course, I found out how hard it can be because as an entrepreneur, it is no longer about doing the work. It's about selling the work. So I hit every brick wall, every dead end, every possible mistake in the book. I made the good ones twice. And I was a disaster of a salesperson. So fast forward 20 plus years, this is another great instance of we end up teaching and studying and loving what we most needed to learn ourselves in the past. So everything that we're doing today, as far as helping thought leading experts with sales, I wish I had access to some training and some mentorship and just honestly some ways to get my head out of my butt about what selling is and what selling isn't. 
and how this is supposed to work and how to do it in alignment with your values and your integrity and your personality. And so I'm really the opposite of a natural born salesperson. And many, many of my clients are also the opposite of a natural born salesperson. So they will say, David, I love the work of my work. I just don't like the sales part. I just don't like the selling part. Selling part's dirty, nasty, ugly. Can we just get that off my plate? And the answer is no, we cannot get it off your plate, at least not at first. You know, a lot of people are waiting for like the sales gurus to come in and rescue them from this terrible, horrible thing called selling. And it is very tough to delegate and manage what you have not mastered yourself. So I look at this as two steps. I know we'll talk about this as far as succession for sure, but you need to master it so that you can train it, you can delegate it, and you can finally get it off your plate. But if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know how to sell, you don't know what works to sell your particular kind of product or service, no one's going to swoop in to rescue you. There's sort of this personality type though, right? Where there is maybe a gene that enables certain people to just be more comfortable and more natural having conversations. And then there's others that can definitely learn it as they go. The reason why I brought up theater, because I noticed in your in your bio on LinkedIn, of course, I you know do my research, that you have platform skills if you're working in, in theater and you're you are comfortable, let's say, on stage. And not that every salesperson is going to be on a stage, it's not that way. But that dialogue, creating a conversation, creating an environment, and leading someone down a path is part of the skill set, I think. Well, let me tell you this, Lori Barkman, research detective. I agree with you, except my theater background was actually in directing. It was not in acting. So to put all those introverts at ease that are listening to us right now, stage directing is the most collaborative role in live theater. And it's really about pulling the best performance out of others, not just actors, but your scene designer, your lighting designer, your costume designer, the person doing the music, the person doing all of the logistics, the stage managers, the special effects people, et cetera. So this collaborative curiosity-based, really wanting them to put their thumbprint on the production, because a good director ultimately is a fantastic collaborator and a fantastic questioner and a fantastic listener. So when you're saying, hey, did your theater training help you? I'm gonna say, well, yes, it did. But it's not about acting. It's not about being big and making funny faces and having a great voice and being a big booming personality. It's the directing part, the directing DNA that got me to ask questions, that got me to surface other people's perspectives and opinions and ideas and come to a one plus one equals three decision on the artistic direction of the show that we are all working on together. So I think that collaborative DNA is a lot more important to sales success than the acting DNA. And by the way, I've been on a ton of podcasts. No one has ever asked me this question. <laughs> Leave it to me. You have written a few books. You've written three to be specific, and I am working my way through the Do It Selling book. I have not finished it yet, but I am enjoying it. And I know enough of the book to ask some questions about it. And one of the things that stood out to me is an invitation. 
Yes. It's an invitation to a process. You've invited me to read your book. You've invited me to talk about my business. You've invited, right? So in terms of selling, how does that invitation mindset translate to helping people not be afraid of quote unquote selling? Yeah. So it is, you know, the four words, because again, this book is written for the sales averse, the people that would rather do anything other than sell. So in the Do It Selling book, I say, listen, if you don't like the word sales, you don't like the concept of selling, take that word out of your vocabulary and replace it with four new words. Send invitations and spark conversations, because generally no one's afraid of an invitation, right? Invitation is usually something good, a party, barbecue, there's cake, cookies, puppies, bourbon, who knows? And then let's look at the second half of that, a conversation. Who's afraid of a conversation? Generally, that's where you connect with new people. That's where you exchange ideas. That's where you build new friendships, possibly. Some of those friendships might become business friendships. Some of those friendships might become advocates or introducers or referral sources. Some might become lifelong personal friends. So generally, when we talk about send invitations and spark conversations, people's blood pressure goes down a little bit. They 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 stop freaking out and the room stops spinning and they go, oh, so connecting with another human being on a person-to-person, peer-to-peer level, like I can do that. I can invite people to a conversation and just see where the conversation goes. Yes. And of course, to do this intentionally and proactively in a lead generation process, the only other things that you have to do before this, little bit of research. I'm talking to the queen of research right here. So research and relevance, what's going to be relevant to them? What's going to be relevant to their company? What's going to be relevant to their job role? What's going to be relevant to what's happening in the industry? So my recommendation is before you'd make any sort of connection with anyone, especially a prospect, the way to warm up that cold relationship is research, relevance and go in looking to open a relationship not to get married on the first date. Let's talk about entrepreneurship in terms of stages and as it relates to the owner specifically. When it's a new company or it's a small company or maybe the nature of the business is a service delivery business, the owner, with good reason, is very involved in the sales process. Over time, however, if the owner finds themselves still delivering the majority of the revenue of the business, I'm going to call them the rainmaker. And herein we find ourselves in a rainmaker's dilemma when if one day the owner is no longer in the business, what will happen to that company? Will sales plateau and then decline and take a nosedive? And if so, that's going to be a challenge for whoever's running that business next. Have you thought about this when it comes to your clients? How would you counsel them to be mindful of the watchouts and the pitfalls and what can they do about it? Yes. So this goes back to what we were talking about a couple of minutes ago, which is you need to master it so you can delegate it. You need to master it so you can delegate it, so you can train to it, so you can have other people. And I hope everyone's sitting down for this sit down, stop the car, pull over, get off the treadmill. You are going to hire people who eventually are going to be better than you in every single aspect of your company. So if you look at sort of a triangle uh, where there is, you know, attract new leads that we call that marketing, 
right? Convert those leads, we call that sales, and then delivery. Those are three legs of the stool or three, le three sides of a triangle. My recommendation is to get yourself out of each of those roles in reverse order. So the first thing, the first thing that I did anyway, the way I would advise my clients, not being a business transition or succession expert, but I would say get out of delivery first. So that's the easiest thing that you can train, delegate, manage, hire great people to do great work. And I am 95% out of the day-to-day -day delivery of my current business. Then the next thing I would get out of is sales, because once you've mastered it, once there's playbooks for it, once there's recordings, once there's training, once there's some accountability and some structure around the sales process, meaning you're not winging it. Every sale doesn't roll out differently. You have a CRM with the stages and the phases. You've got scripts, frameworks, outlines. You've got an entire process built around your sales infrastructure. Get out of sales. And I, I've been in and out of sales in my business. So we've had anywhere from one to six salespeople. Right now we have zero salespeople. So it's back to me again. And we'll talk about maybe changing that here in a little bit. And then the last thing is I would get out of the marketing, get out of the marketing, get out of the lead generation. That can be outsourced. That can be an agency. That can, again, be you mastered it. So now you can train it, delegate it, hold people accountable to a process. And in all three of these areas, whether it's the marketing process, the sales process, or the delivery process, the key, I think, is to make the system, make the system do the work instead of the business owner doing the work. This episode is sponsored by the best-selling book, The Business Transition Handbook, How to Avoid Succession Pitfalls and Create Valuable Exit Options. Business owners will learn how to navigate the emotional and practical nature of the transition process to avoid exit regrets. It's crucial to start planning when time is on your side so you don't leave money or your happiness on the table. Reading this book, you'll have Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guiding you along the way. To download a free copy, head to thebusinesstransitionhandbook.com. That's thebusinesstransitionhandbook.com today. When it comes to your company, you mentioned you used to have salespeople and now you don't. Can you talk a little bit about that transition over time? Sure. So at first I was smart and then I got weak. So let's talk about what smart looks like. Let's talk about what weak looks like. Smart is I knew that I couldn't stay in the sales function. No CEO, founder, business owner can ever, I think, responsibly stay in the sales function if you're building anything more than a lifestyle business. You're building a lifestyle business, a practice. When you stop, the business stops. Cool. You're the salesperson in chief. Go have fun. Anything beyond that, though, uh, I got smart and I hired one salesperson who was an amazing salesperson, really, really smart, really, really great, high integrity, high skill. Uh, she then become, became my sales manager because we had enough lead flow where we needed salesperson number two, salesperson number three. This is where I took my eye off the ball. So you think, oh, I'm just going to delegate this to my awesome, amazing new sales manager. And of course, you know, just like we have to train and structure sales, we also have to train and structure sales management. Light bulb moment for this guy. 
I didn't do that. So it was always rocky. It was always took too much blood, sweat, tears, time, listening to calls, coaching the salespeople. And I had my fingers in the pie too much. I really didn't disconnect. And the person that I hired, I really didn't support them in really teaching them and transferring to them the sales management and the sales supervision skills. So now we're back to just me. And um, I've talked to many, many clients who are amazing salespeople. They do a really fantastic job. They will still tell you, it's not my favorite thing. Yes, I'm good at it. Yes, I've built up the skill set. Yes, I can close 60, 70% of the people I talk to. I just don't want to spend my time doing this. It's almost like, you know, the old quote about, I'm too old for this crap. Like, I thought I'd be further along by now. Why am I, why am I 59 years old and still selling this crap that, you know, I could easily delegate? So when we had salespeople, here's my little beacon of hope. When we had salespeople, I would literally be on vacation on a desert island, a little bit of an exaggeration, but no phone, no email, no nothing. I would check in with the team. Uh, we had done some marketing. We had done a webinar. We had run some ads. We had booked some calls. We had made some sales. And I didn't know the person's name. So my goal is that for the next 100 clients that we enroll here at our company, I don't want to I want I don't want to meet them. I don't want to meet them until they're a client. And maybe even then, depending, I might not want to meet them then either. Just <laughs> Which, the VIP. This sounds horrible. This <laughs> no. sounds anti-everything entrepreneur. This is the smart, healthy way to do it. It is. It is. I have heard people say, don't invite me to a meeting with a client. Don't have me there unless you really, really need me. Or don't let me have a meeting with a client by myself, right? The yes. owner should not be meeting with a client by themselves. I recognize that it's a big transition to go from the role of very hands-on and then let the reins loose. Your words from your challenges that you faced where the person was a really good salesperson, but then she was perhaps promoted and not supported enough and, and you didn't have enough support systems for yourself in the management side of the sales. So that's a really good takeaway also. Yeah. Are those things that your business counsels clients around or is it more individual sales skills? Is it team oriented also? Well, it's individual sales skills, but my recommendation for the business owners that are listening, they're like, oh, I, I either need salespeople because I, I don't have any. They're still the salesperson in chief, solo salesperson, uh, or they have a sales team and the sales team, kind of like where I was, it's rocky, it's inconsistent, it's sporadic. Uh, either invest in a virtual chief sales officer and there's lots of fractional you know chief sales officers chief revenue officers really smart uh they both teach you how to fish and they give you the fish um but you know i think train the team train the team train the team so we typically the the entrepreneur learned sales usually through the school of hard knocks right? You do a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't work. And then slowly a few things work. And then you combine those few things that work. And all of a sudden, you know, you're an accidental sales rock star. Rather than relying on accident or experience, which is the slow path, uh, invest in some sales mentorship. So sales management training for you and sales skills training for the team. And if you connect with the right kind of resource, that will put you in such a better place. 
than trying to figure out by yourself, trying to figure this out by yourself, or just hoping, which is what I used to do, hoping this would just transfer by osmosis. I'm really great at sales. You work for me. I'm sure you'll be great at sales too. It's like, no, nothing transfers by osmosis. Hope is not a strategy. Amen. <laughs> David, when it comes to your business legacy, how do you want your company to be remembered 10, 20 years from now? I would love our company to be remembered as the good guys and the good gals in the entrepreneurial sales mentoring business. Not that there's necessarily bad people, but there's certainly people that are not as focused on results, not as focused on implementation, not as celebratory of client wins as we are. Uh, and, you know, I also will say there is some outdated sales training and sales mentoring, kind of the hardcore closer, whether that's coming out of the real estate business or the financial business, or, you know, God forbid the uh, timeshare business, there's still a lot of bad old school sales training. And there's a lot of bad old school sales philosophy that is circulating on the interwebs. And we want our legacy to be on the opposite end of the spectrum from that. How about from a personal standpoint? How do you want to be remembered? Boy, that's, let's, no, let's talk about a deeper question, Lori Parkman. <laughs> let's talk about something really important. Okay, I'm not uh, asking you to write your obituary or anything. Yeah, <laughs> well, I would like to be remembered as somebody that was a giver and somebody that contributed more than I took from the entrepreneurial landscape. Because we've been very, very blessed. I mean, we've had amazing clients, amazing revenue. We're a seven-figure business since 2017. I like to think that great people doing great work with great clients is, you know, that's the, the source of that success. But, uh, you know, I get joy every day from helping eight, 10, 12 people make a good living. That's our immediate team. And another 100 or 120 People, you know, really ramp up their success as a professional services firm owner. Um, you know, so, you know, looking back, and I, I don't have to be dead for this, uh, but, you know, saying David Newman's company made a profound impact on my, my company's success. This would be a client talking, right? So David Newman's company, Do It Marketing, had a profound impact on my company's success. That would be, if something were to go on my headstone, it would be that quote. Impact. I love it. Last question. When it comes to selling, what is your number one recommendation for entrepreneurs? Action. Action creates traction. Traction creates momentum and momentum creates results. Meaning staring at your CRM is not going to make you feel better. Staring at your list uh, of emails is not going to make you feel better. Browsing your LinkedIn network is not going to make you feel better. So it's all about action. And uh, remember, the only action I'm really asking you to take is send an invitation today. Spark a conversation today and you will be in some beautiful sales action. I love it. I ask everyone for their favorite quote. You just shared one. Is that your favorite quote or do you have another one up your sleeve? I have a little bit more of a concise one. Okay, yeah. Also having to do with action. Big surprise from the do it guy. Action eliminates fear. Take that step. Take that step. Take that step. 
Awesome. David, if people want to learn more about you, what's a good way for them to get in touch? Couple of resources. We have a podcast that also features the amazing Lori Barkman as one of our guests. The podcast is called The Selling Show, and it's online at thesellingshow.com. We also have the Do It Selling book. If people want to grab the companion tools, resources, downloads, training videos, that's doitselling.com. And we also have a free PDF manifesto called the Do It Marketing Manifesto. That's a part sales, part marketing, part revenue growth. And that's online at doitmarketing.com slash manifesto. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Succession Stories and sharing your experience with us. Awesome to be here. To the listeners, be sure to follow Succession Stories in your favorite podcast player and YouTube and leave us a review. To learn more about maximizing the value of your business and planning for transition, sign up for our newsletter and book a complimentary call with me at thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com. Join us next time on Succession Stories for more insights from transition to transaction. I hope that today's episode resonated with you. What actions will you take as a result? If you want to grow, sell, or transition your business, our strategic transition planning process provides clarity and objectivity on the big questions that may be weighing on your mind. Make an intention and take the next step. Set up a complimentary consultation with me to discuss your goals at thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com. That's thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com.